this is the part where I like hit the record button and then mess with the levels forever like that. All right. Okay. So you. Am I loud enough? Yeah. Which one do I have you plugged into? You know what? I'm going to give you a tiny bit more volume. The green one. Yep. I mean, I, I have software in the that takes care of a lot of this in the back end. Fix it in post is uh, <laughs> an amusing YouTube channel, but it's also kind of my motto uh, for the all the different recordings we do. But okay, now this is looking good. Well, welcome back to another episode of Scouting Stuff You Should Know. This is episode 90-something or other of the podcast. <laughs> and uh, Colin is not here tonight. Uh, he is. He is taking a little break. But um, you got, of course, myself, Scouter Ken. And returning to the podcast, Jose Francis. Hello, Ken. Thank you. Hello, Jose. So been a little while since we've had a chance to catch up and actually this represents probably the third or fourth attempt to make this particular catching up happen life it was gets busy in the at way christmas so oh. we were kind of leapfrogging and it was yeah and it's all right because christmas happened and it was good well i'm glad yours was good <laughs> um yeah, so the last time we, we talked, um, we were talking about going to FTE, so the family training event that happens in uh, Sylvan Lake in the summertime. Mm. 10-day crazy party of scouters. It's actually not a party. It's a camp. I got it. Mm. I mean, it's reason. on scouting land, so that kind of limits some of the things that – some of the things that would typically be brought to That's a party right. involving adults, you can't yeah. bring. But – we had a good time. It was uh, probably the best summer we've had. Um, the last few years, we've always had like smoke from forest fires. Mm. Oh, or yeah. We'd... It was a really moderate summer for that, wasn't right. it? Right. And even like this year, you were thinking, well, there's no smoke, so we'll have lots of mosquitoes. But I have to say, there was no mosquitoes. There was, however, ants, lots of them. Like if you put down your your marshmallow stick that we got to roast our fires finally this year ah. you would go back to the marshmallow stick with a long line of ants going up to the tip where <laughs> the marshmallow had sweetness and, and you're like get off my marshmallow stick so it was uh it was uh fighting off the ants was a little bit of a thing but um it, the weather was great and it wasn't too hot and we didn't have too much rain and we didn't have any smoke so that was good yeah it was a good summer for that we had a really good um, group come out. Um, I I don't actually know the exact numbers, but we were, I don't know, over 300, I think. We were mm. on site, so that was good. Um, it We were full up in the campsites, and I know that we had people on McEwen's Landing. McEwen's Landing is a big open field, so it's not the best setup for camping. Um, if you're along the south edge, though, mm -hmm. like that's better because then at least you get some shade. If you're on the north edge, you're just baking in the sun. Yeah, exactly. And then the, because it's it's isolated by the trees, there's no wind, mm. right? So then it's just. But in the, when you're in the camping area, that's pretty good. Um, we just we had some interesting times. Uh, some of the most memorable stuff for some 
was uh, some of the crazy bicycle rider kids that were way too young to be riding that <laughs> fast. Um, and, and we had to really like tamp down. We were talking this year, we were going to license the kids and even like oh. clip their plates if they didn't uh, keep up with the speed limits or, and interesting. Yeah. Well, cause it became dangerous. We had a number of great spills and when you're, when you're spilling on gravel, yeah, that's a good it's way a, to it can chew be, yourself uh, up. yeah, it can be some ad for some crazy faces. So, um, this year's theme was, um, Harry Potter. Yes. 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 So there was Potter. lots of wizards and, and witches and, uh, Lots of spectacles, great big eyeglasses on all the kids, the round <laughs> Harry Potter glasses. Yes, yes. So that was actually pretty amusing. Um, and because we were able to have campfires, we really were able to have a, a campfire yeah, with a full fire. Camp experience. Yeah. Yeah. So this year's campfires, every night we have a campfire, um, like a formal campfire. Right. Um, In addition to, I'm sure people had like individual little they, site fires going. We did. We had site fires. Although I didn't have um, one every night because it's, mm. it's it's, things got busy on occasion. Like sure. you're just too busy to do that. Um. The last night that we were there, because of course, uh, Gerald and I um, are pretty much the the hosts there. Um, we're first in and last out this year, let me tell you. Um, but the last night we were there, there was only a couple families left. Sure. And so we did, everybody had left, the, the event was over. And so we had a campfire at my site. And as it grew to dusk, the uh, bats came out. Oh. So you overhead in the trees, you could see them f flitting back and forth. That's always a neat sight. It was very super awesome. So We had that occasionally at our rover den on Wabaman, mm -hmm. um, back when we had a rover den on Wabaman. Mm -hmm. And yeah, same thing. You know, you just get the right night, you know, conditions are just good and you're outside kind of chilling. You got a little fire going and yeah, they're just back and, back forth, and forth, back and forth. Um. One of the best takeaways from that last little bit of the the event was uh, I gave my daughter my phone to take pictures, and we brought that into TELUS World of Science. So now, if you're not familiar with the Nature Exchange at TELUS, that is something you got to go in to see. Yeah. So it's it, they took they re they re. Um, rebuilt, not rebuilt, but renovated several areas in TELUS. Just recently? Last year. Oh, okay. And so the, the nature exchange is there. So with the nature exchange, kids can bring in, and probably adults too, can bring in things from nature and exchange them for other things. Oh. So for instance, you can bring in, and of course they say they get a lot of wasps' nests, but you don't have to. Easy to find. Yeah, easy to find. People find them and they're like, oh, let's bring it in. So then you can bring in things and then exchange them for other things. So they have a, quite a collection of shells and stones and and petrified things and great big – and they're all valued at points. So depending on what you bring in, you can earn that great amethyst stone or – and they have some like 80,000 point things. <laughs> oh, sure, I'm sure. And of course, you can bank them. But – you can't bring in a sea otter if you bring one, a sea one, uh, right? I can that, see that, that makes being it frowned difficult, upon. right? <laughs> so the option is, is you can make a report or you can take photos of the said sea otter. Oh. Right? So I gave my phone to my daughter and she took like a 
ton of pictures after, you know, some, I said, go find the mushrooms, go take pictures of mushrooms. So she took pictures of mushrooms. And then what was interesting was she took a picture of this tree that had a hole in it. And to me, it was a tree with a hole in it. But to the lady at the nature exchange, it was where an owl lived. And I was like, it just blew my mind, you know? So then I think out of that picture taking, she got like 800 points and then she decided to bank them. Mm-hmm. But then one day when we went another time, she cashed some out to get a, a seashell or something. Oh, cool. So they have stuff that you don't really have here, like sand dollars, right? Like that's not something Those you are always fun. Yeah. Um, and, but if you went somewhere and found shells and wanted to bring them in, you could. Ah. But you could simply photograph them and say things. Um, you have to explain what it is that um, the 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 object is about. Okay, so they quiz you. So they quiz you. I mean, and the more you know about it before going in, if you can identify the plant with the flowers and the purple things, and you can <laughs> say what it is, then you get more points. But even if you don't know what it is, they can, they'll help you, right? right? They're really into that stuff. And then they can help you figure it out. And then at least you learn about it. So that's cool. If you, if you haven't been to TELUS before you go get your group to like take some pictures and draw some things and identify a tree, cause you know, because of course that's what she was asking. What is this tree? You know, cause we ended up talking about woodpeckers because that would have created the initial hole in the tree yes and then we talked about how the owl could have lived there but would not have had the capacity to make that hole because their beaks are curved yeah they're not really set up for that they're not made like that so i mean i learned a ton um listening to them but it was just fun to be able to because you know when you go to the gift shop the kids want that silver stone oh sure right but what if you brought in a picture of a tree and was able to exchange it for said stone, stone, right? Yeah, nice. So I think it it was um it was good. Um, that particular display has a bunch of other stuff going on in it too, but that cool. one section they they do have a special report um, that you can write out if you're you're at scout level kind of oh. thing. Um, but uh, and and so anything like if you knew about I don't know constellations or if you saw crystals or did some sort of you know, explanation oh, cool. of why the boiling water freezes when it's 40, <laughs> minus 40 degrees and you had pictures of it. I'm sure that they would take all those kind of nature and, and nature explaining kind of things. Mm-hmm. So just to, just to add a little more context, I mean, obviously we're talking about, you know, Sylvan Lake camp happens in Alberta, Canada, and the TELUS world of science is in particular situated in Edmonton, Alberta, Canada. I wonder though, if like TELUS Spark down in Calgary or any of the other, because TELUS sponsors a few different locations, uh, you know, a few different science focused facilities in different cities. Um, I wonder if maybe I, I like, I wonder if they would have analogous exchanges at, you know, again, like Spark in Calgary. I imagine that it would be a, a kind of thing that you'd want because, I mean, most of us right now are looking, and I say us, organizations, people, Scouts Canada, are looking for engagement, right? Mm-hmm. And what better way to get kids engaged in 
in coming to a, a thing is, is if they're going to get some treats. <laughs> Here, have a cute yes. stone or a sand dollar. Well, and that, it kind of lets them take the camp, you know, it kind of lets them go beyond just the camp experience, right? Because, I mean, obviously, they're at camp, they're out in nature. There's all going to be all kinds of stuff there. I may have to rethink my policy on no devices at camp to allow cameras, um, only cameras. <laughs> well, I think but, I, th- I think that there's a number of digital cameras out there. Oh yeah, I've, right. I used to sell them right? all the time. You can go to pawn shops and buy them. It's amazing what's out there. But I mean, if you had, if you did have even a couple club cameras, yeah, that's right? true too. And then and then you had you know you had a. Some way of a tagging memory, the photo. It's like this person card took this photo, out. this yeah. person took this photo. Yeah. That would work too. And, uh, either way though, I mean, they can bring back physical or recorded memorabilia from the camp, you know, and then they can actually, yeah, take that on to, to I, I honestly had no idea they'd put that in. It's been a couple of years since I've been to TELUS. So that's really cool. You can find out about it online. Ah, okay. If you go to TELUS World of Science, it's called Nature Exchange hmm. or The Nature Exchange. And it, like I said, it, it only came in last year, but the people behind the counters are pretty into whatever kind of plant identification that they're good at. That's and pretty cool. I think you could really expand it to all kinds of things. And um, and like I said, if if the kids don't know about the thing, they they are more than willing to like help identify it with them. Um, nice. And, and and I think, like I said, it we're all looking to engage. Um, yeah. For sure. I mean, build and that is really the like that's a that's sort of a perennial thing for me because like I mean, for me I I was fortunate enough to be in the program, you know, basically from age 5 and then to age out as a rover. So for me, you know, scouting probably I mean, it started sure as like that thing I did on whatever night I went to it, right? But at some point that switch flips in your brain, you know, once you've been with it. And I mean, this is probably true of any activity, right? Um, you know, it's true for me, like, you know, in my faith practice, probably true for me in other things that I haven't even thought about yet, but just there's that point where it stops being this thing I do at this time, every time. And it just becomes, this is a thing that I am, you know, this is a, this is a thing that is part of me. You know, you internalize it. And I am constantly sort of like, yeah, scratching my head. It's like, how can I, because I've had that really great experience coming out of scouting and I've formed, you know, some deep and lasting bonds with, you know, with different people, right? I mean, Colin, obviously. And my big desire for like all the kids coming through the programs that I run is how can we, you know, how can we give them even just a little bit of that, right? And, you know, it's that engagement is definitely part of it, right? And it's, and part of that engagement is when it does just, you know, when it spills over. So it's not just this thing that I did on the weekend, or it's not just this thing that I did on Tuesday night. It's this thing that I did on Tuesday night, but now here I am carrying it with me into this thing that I'm doing that is not directly related to scouting, but, you know, here I'm able to like now share part of that with these other people. Yeah. I, my my experience with scouting it was, was not... Um, from a youth, I, I did have a, a little venture into Lufto when I was, when I was a young person, but I didn't, um, I didn't stick it out. Um, I didn't have family that was kind of that consistent. Um, 
and I came into it as a parent. Um, and I didn't even come into it when I first, when, when Gerald first started taking the kids to, to cubs and beavers and, and stuff and scouts. Um, my first real hook was, was at FTE and we were, we were there in the McEwen's landing and the, all the parents, uh, scouters, parents, kids were, um, kind of all in a circle doing whatever flag raise opening. I don't know even whatever meeting it was, but it, you know, we had been sleeping out in this field for like a week. Everybody was safe. There was no violence. There was no, uh, worried that someone's going to come into my house and steal anything. My children are going to be disappearing into the bush except to fall into it and maybe get some scratches. Mm-hmm. And on the other side of the world, at the same time, people were fleeing from some African country into some other African country, mm-hmm. building these great bubbles of refugee camps where they were in harm's way and their children were at risk and they had nothing and they were scared of everything. And, it was a horrible, horrible situation for them. And I think I like living in the Western world because we have so many examples of times when we are in a, in a group that has a goal or an activity that is to raise better children and to develop great futures. Even if we're not, we're not like new to Canada and like now going to create futures for our children we're we're still in that process we've grown up here and and we're doing that and like even i was watching a show that was about a marathon and there it is a group of people that have trained really hard to go marathoning and they're not there running away from bad guys or anything. They're they're not running they're, back to Athens to notify <laughs> them of some great victory. You know, and we have so many examples of like concerts and music and and arts and culture that they're all not about the world going sour. You know, it's the opposite. And I love that we are here and safe. And and so I at that moment that was very profound for me. Um, and I, I became more and more involved because of course there was a need for me to participate in my own children's yeah, beaver. We always need volunteers. Yeah, exactly. Um, and the pressure was put to me that, you know, if you don't do this, your children won't have this access. And I was like, oh man, okay. Um, and, but I mean, it s- slowly grew. And then, I mean, it, at least with FTE, I, I saw the need to, kind of help them with marketing and get their, Mm. their, their story straight because, you know, we've got a group of volunteers, but you don't always know the right thing to say or how to say it. And there is a right and wrong way to do it. Oh, for sure. And it was just like, please stop talking. Please stop. Please stop. I'll, I'll help you with that. (laughs) You know, you don't know what to say. (laughs) I will know what to say. And I'm like, just, yeah, just don't, don't do that. And so, um, that's kind of where that happened with me. And I think that now we're coming into a new FTE year and we're already at this place where, you know, people are not stepping up, people are, are changing. And, you know, I had a conversation with my husband the other day and he'll, he was going to hear this and say, but, you know, he was quite concerned as to whether or not, you know, this was a go. FTE, after so many years of it being around, is it going to go again this year? And mm. and how large is it going to be? And, and what expectations, what are our goals? Because there is a little, 
there is a little confusion amongst, and here's the secrets, um, confusion amongst the people that are in charge as to what the goal should be. Um, because there is a certain amount of it being about training or what is it? It's not training. It's development, scouter right. development. Yeah, whatever the training is defined as something that you get a certificate for, right? Oh, like okay. a first aid certificate is training, right? Whereas when you go to in for a session on critical conversations, you don't get a certificate for that. You just get a little bit more confident that you could do that. Fair enough. Right. Um, so that has always been the focus of FTE is to get people together to talk about um, and and have somebody who has some good experience in a conversation to lead a session on how to do STEM science projects for cubs, right? right. Or how to elaborate on the spices and, and get past the spirituality and all of it. Um, and but at some point, you know, there there always gives me this question of, do we need that? Because the other side of FTE is the fact that we're going there with our kids in a safe place where they can fall into the bush and scratch themselves up. And that's the worst of it, you know. Um, and there's a ton of parents that are from everywheres that even if you don't know them, we're all friends because we all have like-minded, you know, intentions. And the uh so the, the the becomes this argument is this a camping experience or is this you know a session facilitation that everybody comes away with lots of more knowledge and i'm like you know the answer can be yes yes <laughs> you know it it can be about kids and a kid camp and i i even had to put that to people that you know lots of ballet companies run their program based off of the education fees charged to parents for dance classes, right? So if we have to raise our fees on, you know, child care, or not really child care, but like, you know, um, program yeah, so for kids. Dedicated yeah, for if, kids. if that has is part of it, then that's what we have to suck that up because that's just, that's what it is. It's not, it's not just going to be all about facilitation and um we kind of have to make it in all encompassing and, and engaging for everyone right so there's still a little bit of questions and for sure uh well i mean that's fortunately you're in the planning phase so <laughs> well you know and and people people are really wanting to move on it and get things sorted out and organized but you know it'll be right up to the last days in, in july june and july when people will register and and then we'll get stuff sorted out and people will come and it'll be another great year hopefully we don't have forest fires and because that that part ruins it smoke but, and you know, all that stuff yeah. fire bans yeah so yeah yeah i mean yeah i guess not every summer can be an amazing summer and it's a shame that I missed that one. We, uh, well, pff, good riddance 2019. Just happy okay. to see the back. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, we wound up, our, our summer vacation happened early. And then the rest of summer was, well, you know, just before the podcast, like I alluded to some of the medical issues that we've been facing in the family. And like, basically we hit, we hit a point in early, May, early or late May, maybe early June, where we're just like, you know, 
we've had some really like critical crises. We've had some crazy stuff happen to us. We've talked for years about maybe doing like the big family vacation down to like San Diego, see Legoland or whatever else. Um, maybe we'll just move that up in the timetable because, you know, again, good riddance 2019. Happy mm-hmm. to see the back of you. Um, but then like after we got back from that, then, you know, other issues just reared their ugly head. And actually I remember thinking specifically, it's like, oh, I should totally like register for FTE, go down with a couple of the kids. And then nope, that week, um, heck that week I almost had to just book as vacation days from work because it was, you know, just dealing with stuff that came up, medical stuff that came up, um, for you know other members of my family. And it's like, oh my gosh. So FDE was not on the table for that one. Maybe this year. I don't know. I don't want to get my hopes too high. Yeah. I'm, I'm a strong proponent of Murphy's law. Yeah. Well, yeah. yeah. That, that's just is it, you know, the best way to make sure that it happens is to make other arrangements. And mm. then before you know it, you'll have to break those. It's a great strategy for looking for Lego pieces too. I find <laughs> if you're trying to find like the really, if you're trying to find like one particular Lego piece and you just have no idea what it is, look for the next Lego piece that you need. You'll find the first one. Mm, good to know. Good to know. Um, yeah. So if you're, I think that is one of the problems is that people it's, it's hard to book off that much time. Um, because yeah, 10 pe- days is a bit much. Ten, you don't have to be there the whole time. And then, you know, people do come and leave partway or arrive partway through the week and then leave. Um, that that happens. Sure. And it, it, is a, it is from Sunday to s- Saturday. So, but people start arriving days before that. So I think we were on ground Thursday mm. and then we were there till the following Sunday. <laughs> like it was good. You know, I was ready to go when we were finally like, okay, are we ready to leave? Because I think, like I said, when I said last out, I think we we had to wait for like the golf carts to be picked up. Oh, wow. There was no actual timing that anyone was given about that. So you're like, some guy's driving through Alberta. Yeah. So, but we ended up, it it didn't, we ended up leaving. So that was good. Um, Well, you are here now. Yeah. So, uh, so I think that that's one of the problems is people see it as the whole thing. But I, I think that I think when you go there once, you realize that 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 10 days has a flow that's worth it. Like, I mean, people go on seven day vacations to sure. like, the Bahamas or wherever. So I think that it's it's probably the cheapest way you could probably get a vacation in Alberta. And uh, that's always kind of how I see it is that you um, you could go to Banff and book a place for like a whole yeah week and it would be pricey and you wouldn't know who your neighbors are and it could be kind of sketchy and whereas this you know all the activities planned and you still get to eat your own food and yep you know well and you know like you made a point too there like and this is something i found is that you know i'm not the most extroverted person in the world um and walking into a room full of people i don't know that well usually makes me kind of clam up and shut down a little bit. You know, like it takes me a lot of times I don't even, you know, by the time we're done, whatever that event might be, I haven't warmed up to the room. Like I might need to come back again and again and again to this same context or the same group of people a bunch of times before I'm really able to like warm up and start to feel comfortable. But you know, if you, if, if I walk into a room and it's a bunch of scouters, even if I don't know like 90% of them, it's like insta comfort. 
it's it's a weird and again like that kind of goes back to you know that point about how at some point it just becomes a part of you right like at some point it just becomes internalized it's like i can walk into a room full of scouting people and even if i don't know even if i don't know any of them personally if we're all scouting people and we have that little bit of commonality like it just it's comfortable and you kind of you know i mean there are outliers but generally speaking you walk into a room full of scouting people you instantly know what you're going to get. You know, the mix might be different, the faces, the names, but you kind of have an idea of how things are going to go. And it's probably going to be a really good time. Yeah. Well, I mean, it, Especially and it, it's having that, that common touchstone because, you know, that makes sense. I, I get that with my husband's work all the time. He's a, a cook. So, you mm. know, and it's not that I don't know about food, but I'm not talking about their kitchen <laughs> right and 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 their interest of food is different than my interest in cooking food sure. like it's it's so we don't even ah it's bad i i feel you I, I know what you're saying so have you um, picked a theme for fte this year uh the vikings vikings yes vikings lots of Whoa. beards and helmets nice and pointy hats robes and swords and stuff and Although apparently the Vikings didn't wear pointy hats like with the horns. Apparently that was a uh, that was an innovation introduced in uh, like some of the Wagner operas. Right to 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 make them seem menacing, like, or I was going to say the opposite, kind of not, or comedic. <laughs> yes, comedic and buff, buffoon like. Because mm. um, did you see the Viking show here while it was in Edmonton? No, no, I didn't. I went, we went, we went in like the last days of the Viking Center, because that was at the Ra, the Ram, Royal Alberta Museum. Yes. Yeah. Ram. And so they had, um, a Viking display. It was, it was really interesting. Um, they had a large ship or at least the skeleton of a large ship. Nice. I think the most memorable thing that I saw from that was they had an interactive, um, display that showed you what resources you needed to consume in order to build a ship ah so on the display they had like a hillside and you needed 500 trees or something of this type so then you had to like touch them to pick them and then you had to have this kind of bush or and this kind of reed and then the one that really got me was like you needed in order to create all the rope that you needed for the ship, you needed 600 horses' tails. It's a lot of horse tail. And I have seen a lot of horses in my day, but I've never seen an entire herd of like 600. And to imagine cutting off, you know, all the horses' tails up to the little stump that's in there is is amazing, right? Like yeah, for sure. That's a big pile of I guess it makes sense that there would you would make rope and well, you'd have to have yeah. them all the way to the top and all the way to the bottom and you'd have to have some spare. Yeah. And I mean, like, you know, something like horse hair would be like the, the, the tail, like that, that tail of the horse. I mean, it's. Doesn't grow back right away. No, it doesn't grow back right away. It's a slow, re slow replenish for sure on the resources. On the other hand, though, it's, I mean, having felt a few horses tails. It's like I, I can see the appeal of the material, right? Like yeah, very, very strong. Yeah, horse hair is, is been has been used around for a long time, but but just I didn't realize that much would be required. And then you needed sheep, right, for to make uh, wool to make the 
sails. Sure. Um, and then you needed a certain type of wood for the oars and a certain type of wood for the frame. And then you need a certain number of tall masts to put the sails on. It, it was, what was interesting though was that, you know, once you did, you selected all the things on the computer display, the hillside was barren. Yeah. And you were like, wow. So back then we maxed out our resources. Just as much as now, <laughs> maybe even more than now. I know, right? Like it, it made me think, okay, so in any situation we've ever been in, we've seen our resources and used them. Pretty much. What's changed? You know, like, um, <clears throat> what can we do with this? Black goo. <laughs> oh, let's make a plastic container. <laughs> well, I mean, but that's, you know, that's, I think, why, you know, humanity has been able to, well, I mean, that's, you know, it, that's our to, ingenuity. That, that's our ingenuity, you know, and not to get like too evolutionary biologist or anything, but like, you know, like that's one of the reasons that we've kind of become the, where, you we know, where we occupy, you know, where, the, the position of power that we occupy as a species. Like that's a big part of it is the fact that, you know, I mean, there are many creatures that can use the resources that are immediately around them, but you know, what we can fashion out of the resources around us and our ability to exploit those resources. And yeah, it's just, it's off the charts. Crazy. It's crazy. And I mean, like the other day, I don't know. I think it was this weekend. I saw in the news that some, some guys at a university science lab, I don't know where in Canada, somewhere had created concrete with a bacteria and the concrete form that they were able to create out of the sand and the, Sure. Dirt mix or whatever that they used uh, was warm. So it could create its own heat. Ah. But it was a bacteria that, that formed very strong kind of concrete light building materials. And I'm like, man, we are just making everything. Self-heated you know? sidewalks. <laughs> oh, no way. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I hadn't thought of that. I, I was just thinking, because they were talking about it using it to build ha buildings. Right? Sure, yeah. And I mean, if you could have a building that didn't require some strange insulation. Maybe, yeah. Like, that would be all right. Well, it's funny, too, though, because actually I was just thinking about the concept of insulation. And I mean, like, you know, it it works well enough for what it's for. You know, that recent snap, you know, when it gets to minus 40, sure. <laughs> then it maybe. You know, you, you kind of hit the edge case there a little bit. Sure. Um, at least my house felt a little chill. But, you know, I, like, I mean, on, I'm often struck by, like, when I go to, um, so like up in St. Albert, you know, we have the old grain elevators, right? Yes. And I always love walking into the grain elevators on like a blazing hot summer day. I don't have air conditioning in my house, so it gets pretty toasty. But you walk into the grain elevators, uh, blazing hot summer day. It's nice and cool inside, right? Yeah. But it's fashioned from just like, you know, absolutely massive, like logs of wood, right? Yeah. And obviously the insulative properties of the massive logs of wood are such that the inside of the grain elevator, even on a blazing hot 30 degree summer day, stays quite temperate. It's quite enjoyable to be in there. And I wish I had that in my house. Like I wish my house was, you know, able to be that passively cool. On the other hand, if houses had to be built out of massive wood logs, they would cost a lot more and there'd be a lot less of them in terms of neighborhood density, right? Maybe back to the Viking days. Yeah, really. in a way, right? In a 
forest would be gone. And Exactly. So, I mean, like, yeah, fiberglass insulation introduces its own issues. But, you know, on the other hand, that's another one of those innovations that allows us to build communities a little denser, that allows us to use less material overall to fabricate homes. And, okay, yeah, it doesn't keep the heat out quite as well as a massive block of wood, but whatever. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, I mean, there's so many amazing, but yet expensive ideas out there, but I, I, I'm glad that people are generating these ideas. I mean, the ideas of geothermal, you know, have been used all over the world and, you know, are around um, and are usable. And then of course, if you've got these smart guys at some university in Canada, making new forms of concrete that, you know, aren't as harmful. Cause I guess, I guess concrete itself has a pretty hefty carbon footprint and yeah, well, yeah, I, I'm not sure. I don't have the details on that sucker, but you know, one more thing that I mean, a lot of those infrastructure materials will, right. Just mm -hmm. by dint of, yeah, how they're, how the raw materials are, are made and refined or, you know, in the case of like asphalt, how it's laid. Um, yeah. so yeah, no, I get, I, I can totally see that. And yeah, I mean, if you're able to, well, and yeah, actually there was something too. Um, they had a thing up in the oil sands recently where, um, because of course shipping raw bitumen down the line, right. The, you know, the, it's not tar, but it is tarry in its yeah. consistency. Um, shipping that down a pipeline that adds a lot of cost. It adds a lot of resource uh, use utilization, right? Because, you know, you have to make sure that the conditions in the pipeline are such that the, the bitumen can even flow. Right. This um, be hot enough. Yeah. yeah. It's like, you know, it's like, how would you move molasses, a pipeline full of molasses from Fort McMurray to Edmonton? It would be challenging. <laughs> and, you know, so, and you have to, you know, you have to have factor in weather and you have to have ways of addressing the minus 40 snaps and all of that. Right. Um, and I mean, obviously with like the price of oil fluctuating with the general market, uh, in Alberta fluctuating as it has been. And with the rough times that the patch has been having, which company was this? I think it was CNRL, Canadian Natural Resources, basically came up with a solution that allowed them to extract and process the bitumen like at point of extraction so that what they were putting in the line was, you know, basically the oil. Wait, wait. So the, you're talking about the steaming process. Yeah. Yeah, because that's mm. what they do is they pump steam into the ground and the sand stays there and then all the oily well, substance they, Yeah, like up. they pull the bitch in it. But then what CNRL did, and I don't have the article in front of me, so I don't know mm. the exact. And Oh, so that you're saying they did something uh, more. Yeah, they were basically at the point of extraction. They were then able to, uh, you know, do additional refinement so that they weren't putting bitumen into the line. They were basically putting oil into the line. Oh, you that's know? really neat. And it wound up being a cup, like it wound up knocking a couple bucks a barrel off of their production cost, as well as like having the carbon output of the, like, you know, per barrel, the per barrel carbon output of their process. Yeah. So it's like, <sighs> we find ways. <laughs> yeah, we do. Well, and I, I mean, yeah, I, I feel like things are changing on this planet, but I don't feel like we're going anywhere. Like as in humans aren't going anywhere. So well, we're going to stick it out. and uh, Yeah, we're going to be around for a while. Yeah, we're, we're going to be here. We're going to figure it out. Um, so yeah. But anyways, Vikings, FTE. Vikings and FTE. <laughs> Sorry, the roundabouts. Um, oh, that's good. I'm keeping, I'm keeping 
pace in my notes here. Just like, oh, oh and then yeah. we talked about this and then we talked about that. Yeah. Um, the Vikings should be good. Lots of fun. Um, I don't have any more details than that. Mm. Um, based on the based on the requirements, though, longboat uh, longboat fashioning will not be an event. No, because you'd have to level all of like Camp Woods. That's right. <laughs> I don't. I think the trees are too small too. Like, also, they're, they're little too teeny, small. Yeah, you know, not long pine tall things. Yeah. Um, and I I feel really embarrassed t- at this moment because everybody will be like, "How could you not remember the dates?" But the, I'm pretty sure that the dates here are going to be. Um, it's going to be earlier this year. We it's still in August. Uh, last year we had it fairly late. We had it like the third week, but this sure. this year I think it's where the from the ninth to the fifteenth. Um, and of course, now that I'm so sure, I'm probably got it wrong. But um, you know, that's kind of how I plan my month. That most of August is is, and you know that works for a lot of people because, well, some people take all their holidays in the first couple weeks of July. But I find all the kids' programs are done with by August. And then, yeah, usually. And then they kind of dry up. And then you're like, well, what do we do with the kids now? Thinking to myself, why don't we come to FTE? So yeah, there you go. We'll be there. So, yeah. Um, and and again, we'll we'll still have all the same facilitation that we always do. Um, still th- going to be at Camp Woods? It's still going to be at Camp Woods. Um, that hasn't changed. Um, I think that if, if you're thinking about doing it, one of the best reasons I think to do it is, is that it, it has that revival feel to it. And that when you've had a really bad year and everything seems to have gone wrong and, and you're not really sure you want to do this anymore, coming to FTE will turn you right back around and you'll be like, Oh yes, this is why I started doing this. You mentioned that last time and it's the point I was hoping you were going to revisit. Yeah. It really is that, that really energized you because I, I know that it was a couple of years back. I had a terrible year and I, and I remember a couple other people I know that I can think of right off the top of my head that, that had a terrible year. And you could see that in their eyes that year that had just been like, for whatever reason had been really hard on them. Um, and they came anyways. And cause all the people that are there are going to listen to you and go, yeah, we've had a terrible year too, or we've had terrible years, but it'll pass and remember why you're doing this. And then you go, oh yeah, I remember why I'm doing this. <laughs> and then, and then you're okay. You know, well, and especially if you can like dive into a couple of activities and then just, you know, see yourself succeed at them again. And then you're like, oh, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> I can do things. Yeah. So, um, I, I think that, that it, you know, beyond like, and I, you know, they, I can't remember what, what country it was, but they were talking about like, when you walk in the woods, you have like a forest bath. It's like a nature bathing. And it's the experience of being in the woods is cleansing. Hmm. And I think that that's probably what happens. You're outside camping long enough to like cleanse you of all those things that have been not great that year and you feel better about it and you've had a great time and then you've just communed with all these people that are on the same page with you you know mm-hmm. met all sorts of kids and maybe you've met people you you didn't even know came to this thing and they're like yeah we've been here every year where have you been and yep well and it's just i mean it's good to just you know yeah have those opportunities i mean honestly like you know again i've not made it out to fte but like i can think of other camps i've been to where kids have all gone to bed. It's getting a little late at night. 
but, and maybe there's been a fire late or maybe we've been indoors cause it's the dead of winter. Who knows? Um, but you know, yeah, it's just a bunch of scouters sitting around. Maybe someone cracks open a bag of popcorn that, you know, because of course they had some caramel almond cashew, whatever, just sitting in their Chocolate trunk. <laughs> um, and you know, just talking, maybe passing a snack around and just, even those little moments, right? Even if they happen informally, you know, outside of, you know, an event that's targeted at that purpose, just being able to, you know, hear about some of the things that these other groups do, or yeah, some of the struggles they've had, or um, some of the successes they've had. And, you know, just being able to share in those moments of, of camaraderie and just letting, you know, thoughts flow freely. It's wonderful. Yeah. And you know, you come away from it. Yeah. Like you say, refreshed because yeah, even if you've had, you know, just a rough go of it lately, sometimes hearing about someone else doing well with it, sometimes hearing about, or just even like hearing like, you know, Oh, well we did a thing and you know, like you, you carry away from that. It's like, Oh, wait a minute. I could totally, the next time we got to deal with that, we could do it that. And, you know, there's like, it's, it's funny how the mind just starts connecting things. Well, and, and with young, with young, not necessarily young, but new scouters, sometimes they come into it not knowing how to do it, right? And then they need to be told, well, they're like, I can never get my parents to do anything. And you're like, have you asked the parents? Did you let them know about the five things that they could do to help you out? And they're like, wow, you mean I should ask the parents? And I'm like damn straight yeah. <laughs> you should ask the parents <laughs> and so it's yep. uh it 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 if you're not sure how to structure your program that's what we are there for you know like and you know like this is a piece of feedback i get about this podcast on a fairly regular basis you know we'll get people who write in or send us a message somehow i'm like you know i'm a new scouter and thank you for this because this gives me the opportunity to learn about the program. Um, you know, when I have some downtime away from the program, you know, I, I can learn about aspects of the program and then I can maybe take that knowledge and, you know, carry it into then how I deliver the program or alter. I mean, I've had some people write in, they're just like, thank you for this because, you know, like I have, <laughs> there was one scouter, you know, had parents that were like, what's it? Why the French symbol? Why do you have the, the fleur de lis? And we had done a podcast about why the flirt. <laughs> and, you know, she literally is just like, listen to this, right. Um, in you know, giving people the, giving people knowledge, giving them, you know, just the information that they need to resolve a particular situation or just to set themselves up to succeed a little bit, like whether it's this podcast or, I mean, a formalized training event, um, so, so valuable, especially in this kind of program. It's so valuable because, you know, and, and this is something that, you know, I, I realize more and more with like, you know, my Cub Scouters, right? I mean, there was a time when, yeah, it was basically, you know, me and a couple of other people figuring a, a program out. Well, now I've got this army of Cub Scouters and a fair number of Beaver Scouters and everybody's got their specialities and everybody's got their connections and everybody's got their um, areas that they're comfortable with and areas that they're not comfortable with. And we just, we can work with all of that, you know, to oh. make, to make week after week, you know, using, you know, just building off of whoever's strengths are relevant to what 
the youth want to do just week after week. We can just build ourselves for success. Yeah. Um, I mean, I think, I think the word that really should be used here is empowering. Yes. Right. So like your podcasts are empowering because, you know, you are giving them the knowledge for them to have more power and ability to do their great program. Um, And FTE is also very empowering because you're like, Oh, well, Maybe I didn't know so little, because of course I'm I'm at a place where I I don't consider myself an expert scouter. I'm still in the mid build in terms of having my sure. group. My group is is good. I really like how how things work, but I'm still struggling to have all my own scouters for my scout section work. You know, and um, and so we're still building that. So I don't consider myself an expert, but there are plenty of things I do know. And um, I think that just being able to share that with people and say, have you created a newsletter? You know, like sometimes real simple stuff. They're like, really? I'm like, yeah. <laughs> they're How about a scouter manual, you know, yeah. for your group? And I've seen a few of these. And, and based off of some of these group scout manuals that are like for the group, there are some things I – took away from it that I was like, oh, I did that, but I wouldn't do that. But that would help formulate, say, my parent meeting yep. at the beginning of the year. So, because you're like, what do people want to know? And, you know, people, I often say people smarter than me figured this out already. Yeah. Well, that's the, it's yeah. not for me. It's from all the smarter people around me, you know? Well, so. and I mean, yeah. And just, I had a thought and I've lost it, but whatever. Um, Empowering. Yeah, it 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 really is. And just, oh, I really wish I could remember exactly how I wanted to phrase this now. But yeah, just that uh, helping people, yeah, understand that, you know, they've got more of this already together than they realize, right? It's just, you know, the last couple, uh, and oftentimes it is just how do you connect those last couple little dots um, to just suddenly realize, oh, there's the picture. It was there all along. I just, you know, needed to, you know, just needed that last little push to, 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 for it to just gel and come together. And, and the, the point, I think I meant, may have mentioned this in a previous episode. Um, we, I, my, my wife and I organized, uh, well, my wife and the wife of another of the scouters and then another of the scouters, uh, organized a, uh, sort of a, just a get together for the beaver scouters and the cub scouters. And I wasn't feeling my best at that particular event. Um, <laughs> spent much of my Christmas break with pneumonia. Yay. Ooh. But one thing that came out in conversation, you know, that I said to them was like, you know, I mean, I wouldn't want to lose a single one of my scouters. I wouldn't want to see a single one of them move on, uh, or, or leave the group, but equally, um, just, you know, based on how I've seen them develop, because a lot of my scouters are, you know, they've been around for years now based on how I've seen them develop based on, you know, the experiences I know that we've all shared. Um, if any of them did come to me and was just like, Hey, so there's this new scouting group. It's starting up over in this area. It's closer to home and they could use some seasoned scouters. And I think I'm going to jump over and help out. You know, I'd have, I'd regret to, I'd, I'd be sad to lose them, but at the same time, I'd have absolutely no doubt that they'd succeed. Right. Yeah. You know, just being able to, um, 
being able to just, yeah, foster that success in people. It's actually a really critical skill to have for anybody who has to lead a team of, you know, uh, whether in a workplace or of adult volunteers, you know, you just, you need to be able to foster the success of a team. And it's actually, you know, the, the biggest maybe obstacle for the people who kind of have, you know, that authority, right? And I mean, like, we don't gen- we don't generally think of, you know, like, we don't generally think of it in those terms, maybe in the context of a bunch of scouters. But, you know, like usually there is one, there there usually be, you know, one or two scouters that all the others look to, right? And for those scouters, especially, it's very important to realize that the first thing that you need to be able to do to foster the success of the other scouters that that are there, that are coming to you, is you don't have to be the smartest person in the room. You don't have to be the one who knows how to do everything. You don't have to be um, the one who's got all the plans and has got everything solved ahead of time. It's actually okay. If other people have strengths that you don't, you actually need that. That's where the success really comes from. And I think events like FTE sort of really are built on that model, right? It's, you know, you have people coming together and some of them have strengths that others don't. And that's, you know, they can then share that and benefit others by having those strengths, but not everybody has the same strengths and that's, that's all right. You know, like, it's just, it's okay that that happens. In the, um, in the the schooling I've done in the last few years, we talk about a lot of nonprofits. That's a lot of the training I have in it is how nonprofits run. And there can be nonprofits that are very hierarchical, hierarchical. Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> and we, we can imagine what those are. Um, but uh, the, there is the other that is the more organic. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that that's kind of like your backyard barbecue or your street party kind sure. of thing would be that, oh, you know, somebody wants to go out and somebody has chairs and somebody else has a lawnmower and cleans up the area before it happens. And then, you know, somebody over there is making pies and, you know, and, and that just how it happens and then the community in that area just decides they want to have a party and they're they they do what they can sure and then and and i think that that's that to me what that's what you're saying is that the, well that but i mean the, like even within a hierarchical model right mm-hmm. like you know i'll give you examples out of like my own working experience right i have a manager he's got a manager his manager is a manager all the way up to some vp somewhere but from the top down, the, you know, yeah, I work under an organizational structure. There is a hierarchy there, but all of the people who are quote above me, unquote on, you know, if you look at an org chart are not scared of me and my teammates having knowledge and skills and strengths that they themselves do not, you know, my manager does not have broad domain expertise in everything that all of the people he manages, you know, have expertise in. He's a smart guy, um, you know, and he definitely has areas where he is just like, he is the go-to and he is a fountain of knowledge. And he has other areas where, you know, he's not, you know, that just hasn't been where his experiences have taken him, right? Or where the training he's pursued has taken him. 
but he's not afraid of the fact that, you know, myself or one of my coworkers have more knowledge about a particular thing than he does. He celebrates that, right? Um, because that means that us as a team and what we can offer to the clients that as a team we collectively serve, you know, it's better, right? You know, we off, we are able to offer a better service to our clients, or a broader service to our clients. And, you know, the fact that this guy over here, he's really strong on this stuff. And this guy over here, he's really strong on this other thing. And, you know, our supervisor can look at that and be just like, well, this all adds, right? Like this, this adds up in a great way. Where I worked at before coming back to my current employer, it was very, very different. You know, the, the supervisor was essentially threatened, you know, acted in, acted as though threatened by the fact that his subordinates were, um, more knowledgeable about things than he was. And, you know, like, so even within that hierarchical model, the basic principle still applies. You're going to wind up with a better overall output from your organization if, you know, the upper parts of the hierarchy can approach the, you know, can can basically just have this attitude of, well, sure, this person, you know, who's quote lower in the org chart um, has knowledge that I don't, but that's a good thing. You know, as long as they have that, but that's a good thing, then it's fine. Right. If it's, well, you know, okay, why is this person accruing all this training? Or if, if as a supervisor, your first thought is, well, I don't know if I want to let you get all this training. What are you gunning for my job? No, <laughs> we've made a mistake here somewhere, right? If, uh, if as a supervisor, you can be just like, yes, absolutely. I definitely, you know, you should pursue this training because that strengthens us. Then, you know, then you're in a, you know, that's the right footing to approach that with. And I think, you know, and again, like things like FTE hopefully help people realize that, you know, like it's to, and <laughs> because, you know, there's a temptation and even I've felt this, right? When I came to my group, most of the beaver scouters were looking for an exit. And here I am, the fresh beaver scouter with a brown tail. Uh, so they were more than happy to just hand it all off to me. And, you know, the next year, the vast majority of them were out the door. We were in a real crunch for volunteers. And yeah, I mean, that meant that I built a lot of program. And similarly in Cubs. And there's that temptation that always rears its head, especially if you've built something yourself and you've seen it succeed based on how you've built it. It's always that temptation to be just like, no, I just want to hold on to this. I just want to, you know, I am, I need to be at the center of this. And then, you know, just getting that little prod. It's like, no, it's okay. Like this isn't going to be stolen from you, but you know, you don't have all the strengths because that is impossible for any human being. Um, you have these people over here who do have the strengths that you need. Let them do their part where they're at their strongest. You do your part where you're at your strongest. And well, now, geez, I have almost a hundred youth registered between beavers and cubs. So I guess clearly we're doing something right. Yeah, that is a big group. <laughs> yeah, it's monumental. You know, just explosive growth over the last few years, right? Because I guess we just, I mean, I like the program we deliver. Evidently, so does the community. And, you know, I, it does come down to the fact that it's like, you know, yeah, I could just, with some prodding, I could let go. And everybody else was able to then, 
bring their strengths to the table. And as a team, as a group, collectively, our successes just grew. I think you do need to come to FTE this year. Because as much as you can go to FTE because you've had a bad year, if you've been having some success, it's also good to come and share that. Absolutely. And I mean, barring medical crises, I would very much like to get yeah. to FTE this year. Yeah. Look, um, let's uh, end this. Oh, yes. 1030. Well. Yep. And you were worried. We're, we just crossed the hour mark of recording. You were worried we wouldn't have much to say. Oh, we wouldn't have much to say. No, but it's been good. I, I, I want everybody to go to TELUS World of Science, that, that nature exchange thing. Super cool. Mm -hmm. And look um, it up at your TELUS sponsored science facility if you have one. Yeah, because I, I bet you it is around. Um, that, that's really good. Uh, Mid-August uh, mid, uh, is when FTE happens. For sure. Kind of the second week of it. Is there a website for that? There is, but I'm not going to plug it right now because it's not in a formation. Okay. I don't really want people to land on the page. I might not be active right now either. Oh, okay. That might be another one thing that we did. Uh, usually once registration happens, we've had the page all sorted out and gotcha. kind of cleaned up. Well, I forgot to ask then. Yeah, no, it's all good. It wouldn't tell you very much of anything right now. It's probably all 2019 info. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's, it's, it, would, it would be that at best. Um, but yeah, um, make some plans, think about it. It is really the cheapest because usually it really runs about $200 a person. Okay. And that includes your camping fee. Um, there's a kids program last year. It, I think it was about a hundred bucks for kids. I, I think that's what it was. I don't really remember because our group covered the costs. Remember nice this is training and facilitate training for you, not training but like scouter development facilitation so you could probably bring that receipt home and ask your group commissioner to to give you a little break um that's certainly what our group was more than willing to do um and then if you have a spouse that is not a scouter yet or you have some reason not to which you know in my case when i went i had little babies in tow as one sometimes does. Yeah. And so there's often that. There's often lots of little babies out there. We are, you know, very accommodating with those. That's part of the family. And they they have, they form little groups of their own. So um, they're all, everybody's very welcome. Um, so that I don't believe there's a camping fee for your, your spouse, but... Um, or your significant other that's not involved. Interesting. Uh, the the youth program follows, you know, the beavers, cubs, scouts. Um, in years past, the scouts have gone off on adventures. I think they, they canoed the Red Deer River one year. Ooh. It was all uh, scout-led, organized. That'd be all right. Uh, to canoe the Red Deer River. Um, I think another time they did a backpacking. This year they didn't. I don't remember what they did. They did a camp out. They were too busy playing, you know, Harry Potter in the woods, I'm sure. I think there was some of that, but... Uh, Expelliarmus. I think we I think we had that climbing tower going. Oh, yeah, that came up too, and didn't that it? And that was part of one of the exciting things. So we think we spent some time with that. So, um, yeah, so it, it's something to definitely put on your calendar. So. Awesome. Um, traditionally, we close out with some shout-outs. So if you have any uh, shout-outs, any, you know, people that people or organizations that you're just like hey by the way these people are awesome and i want to name drop them now is the time uh no okay well i do have you know the obligatory of course to scouting radio who 
obligingly rebroadcast our episodes to their worldwide scouting audience. If you are listening to us on Scouting Radio right now, um, by all means, do consider um, visiting us on social media, giving us a like or retweet or share or whatever the terminology is on whatever platform you're using. Um, Also consider subscribing to the podcast. That uh, helps us grow, helps us be a little more visible. And uh, do consider reaching out, getting in touch. Colin is not here to ask his questions, so uh, I guess I'll just have to tell you that it's scoutingstuffpodcast at gmail.com or facebook.com slash scoutingstuffpodcast, instagram.com slash scoutingstuffpodcast, twitter.com slash ssysk podcast, because 15 character limits are awesome in 2020, I guess. Or you can join us on our Discord server, hit up the show notes for the link. And I think that's it. So uh, thank you, Jose. Thank you for having me. And thank you out there for listening. And until next time, be prepared.